When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I reckon it's high time we talk some footy, don't we, as this AFL season roars up upon us. And we're right into the pointy end of the preparation now. And this man has been right at the coalface, right over summer. I called him the goat of track watchers uh, earlier. That sells him, uh, sells him massively short, but he's going to bring us a lot more than that because right across it all for the AFL.com.au, of course. Josh Gablich is with us. G'day, Joshy. Hello, Sam. Good to be with you. I hope that body clock is starting to get back to some form of normality, mate. <laughs> slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Your body clock just has your trekking here, there and everywhere, though. Now, where do we find you at the moment? I'm just out of Skinner Reserve. The Bulldogs are training out here across the pre-season. I reckon they'll start the year here. I don't know if you've seen the Witten Oval recently, yeah. but it's still a fair way away. They hope to get it back by round one, but I reckon it's probably the first month of the season that they'll spend out here. But I've been out here. Pretty light session, but still... A bit to see. Indeed there is. Now, Tim English isn't there, is he? Uh, he's got another, I want to say another hammy, Josh. He's had a few over the journey, but uh, they say this one's a minor one, don't they? Well, Sam, he is actually out there. Right. The good news is that he had a bit of a scare on Monday, left the track, went and had scans. Those scans cleared him of any concern. So he That's actually good. ran today, did some light kicking. There's a chance he'll even play match him on Friday. The, the hope is that he'll definitely play in the club next weekend. So he's just had a few niggles across the past few weeks. Missed training at the camp with the main group with an adductor. So just a couple of things that have taken the gloss off what has been a, a really good pre-season, but nothing to be too concerned right now just in terms of round one. Now, he's spotting the best 22s, undoubted. But as you look at the Dogs team on paper after a pretty active off-season and, and they really targeted some some needs-based players, if you like, Josh, he's a, a feature in this, um, I guess, key position player selection squeeze when you know they've brought Lobb in, they've brought Jones in, English is there, but then Darcy's coming on as well, Norton's there, Eugle Hagen, it goes on and on, Alex Keith down back as well. The, the fight for spots uh, among the tall timber down there is going to be white hot. Well, this has been the talking point across the summer, Sam, and it's going to ramp up, I reckon, between now and round one because we're still not exactly sure what it's going to look like. I think right now the forward line is pretty settled. They're looking at Aaron Norton, Rory Lobb and Jamara Eugle Hagen as a, as a trio to start with. They've, they've put a lot of work into them across the match sim block and across training during the pre-season. But down back, still a little bit unclear. I think Liam Jones and Ryan Gardner are in the box seat with Sam Darcy. But Sam Darcy still remains a little bit unclear what Luke Beveridge is going to do with him to start the year. I think mm-hmm. he'll spend most of the year as the key defender, but he swung him forward last Friday and he kicked two goals in the last 20 minutes. So... Tom will tell. I mean, Alex Keith is the other one. He fell out of favour a little bit last year. But he's gone to work over the pre-season. He knows his spot. He's no longer secure. And, and he started in the in the B team last Friday and they moved him to the A team and he performed really strongly. And Josh Bruce is the other one who's also in the mix. We've heard from him across the pre-season. Yeah. I mean, he, if for a long time, it was all about the midfield depth. But suddenly, at either end of the ground, they've got so much depth. Indeed they do. Adam Trelaw, I know he's had a bit of a slower start to his preparation, I suppose. Josh, he had that uh, off-season ankle surgery. Have you seen much of him today? Didn't see him today, but a lot of the a lot of the senior players have a light days on Wednesday. So Josh Bruce didn't train. Tom Liberatore didn't train. Taylor Dre didn't train. It's not uncommon. Mm. The most, most veterans across the comp don't train 
on Wednesdays during the pre-season. But the good news with Adam Trelaw is, is he played half the intra-club last week. He's back in with the main group now. I mean, this is the one that hasn't gone away across the pre-season. He had ankle surgery back in September. Just took a lot longer than expected to get back. But the plan is for him to play in that practice match at the start of March and be good to go by round one. So he's come along in the last month in a great way. And just in that front 50, I mean, you mentioned uh, Eugle Hagen, Lobb and Aaron Norton as, I guess, the... The, uh, the the triple-headed setup for the, when it comes to the big men. What about Cody Waitman, though, who, who made a real impact early in his career as that, um, as that I guess, energizer bunny, small mid-forward sort of role? Is he is he shaping up to play the same role again? I think we'll see him play a lot more midfield this year. I think we'll see him pinch hit. That's what he's done in the match gym across the past month and done it really well. I think they're looking to get more speed in there. I mean, Jack McRae has actually spent a bit of time across half-forward. They're looking for more speed and and Cody Waitman provides that. I think a lot of clubs looked at what Tom Papley did in the second half of last season at Sydney, the way he came in for five, six, seven minutes and, and sort of played really well around around stoppage. So I think Cody Waitman might do that. They looked at Caleb Daniel also in that role, but I think they might settle him back down back. That's where he went on Friday. But Cody Waitman, he looks like someone who might play a lot more around the ball. Arthur Jones is a high pick that didn't play last year. He's in the mix around round one. So they might have a luxury there and, and to use Cody Whiteman a bit more through the middle. We're speaking to uh, afl.com.au's Josh Gablich. Josh, just before we get to the SSP signings today and yesterday and really looking forward to doing that, I know you're across uh, matters at Collingwood. There's a lot of hype around, you know, McStay and Mitchell as the uh, acquisitions over the trade period. But Billy Frampton and Bobby Hill have impressed as well. They just haven't been spoken about as much. Well, if we think back to October, it was all about Mitchell and it was all about McStay. And I don't reckon Frampton or Hill spoke to the media back then. I think that was a little bit by design, but I don't know if the requests were there speaking to the pies, but I've watched them closely across December and January and, and every time you go, you're just, you're just quite impressed by those two. And speaking to Collingwood people in the last few weeks and watching them in match team, I mean, they've both been picked in the first choice team. It's not everything, but we get to Feb 15 and they're definitely right in the hunt, which I don't think if we went back to October, I don't reckon many people would have had those two in your, in your mm. first choice team for round one, especially Billy Frampton. I mean, the guy has played 24 games across eight seasons. Just the six last year at Adelaide. And Adelaide were in the market for a key defender, yet he could slide in there alongside Darcy Moore and Jeremy Howe in round one. It's fascinating. I mean, Nathan Murphy, he spoke yesterday, but if we look back to last year, he was a sensation. Played the last 16 games, but it's him or Frampton heading into round one. So that's one to keep an eye on across these next two practice matches. Now, when it comes to the SSP and the final spots on a number of these clubs' lists, I was fascinated since November about how things were going to be looking at Richmond. And then post-Christmas, it became a two-horse race between the untried kid from the bush in Caden Bradkey, very different players um, you know, physically and what, what they've achieved in the game as well, and then Quentin Narkel, the former cat, who had just transformed... Um, his physical appearance, um, he'd leaned right up, he'd worked really hard, he, he poured everything into it. In the end, they went with the key position kid, Josh. Well, this is a real tough one. I mean, they deliberated over this for some time because you're right, they're, they're two very different players. I mean, the reality is their midfield is stacked. They don't need Quinton Narkel, but they had trialled him as a half-back across the last month and he'd been pressed there. I watched him play in the intra-club on Saturday, he was really impressive. And the difference between December and January in terms of his body shape was incredible. He dropped eight kilos. He, the penny had dropped. He knew that the way he turned up in December wasn't ideal, wasn't going to get him an AFL lifeline. So he couldn't have done much more. They were really disappointed to have to go with, with Bradkey in the end. But on the flip side, 
they're thrilled for Brad Kidd because Brad Kidd done a mountain of work across these last couple of months and, and really made the most of the opportunity. I heard you speak about him before. It's an incredible story to think that this guy was playing in the Ovens and Murray Football mm. League last year. And now there's, there's, there are two of them. Joe Richards at Collingwood, who was drafted in November, two of them on an AFL list. But Brad Kidd could have done much more. I mean, he was spotted in the club on Christmas Day, on New Year's Day. Just little things like that that just sort of stuck out. He really wanted to have a, a big crack at this. And obviously with Tom Lynch not training at the moment, he's going to be okay for round one. But it was just a reminder, if, if he goes down at times this year, they are a little bit light on for, for depth. Obviously, Jack Rewalt is there as well. But it's probably, it fits a, a bigger need. But it is a real shame for Quinton Narkle. We wait and see what he does next. Richmond would like to have him with their VFL program, mm. but there are a number of clubs in WA that are trying to get him back to the waffle. Yeah, so we, I was going to ask you about him because a lot of people have done off the text this morning. I mean, he's going to be, from an AFL perspective now, Josh, you'd say he's going to be left without a chair when the music stops and there's just no time and he hasn't trained on anywhere else, of course. I mean, there'd be no one else that would just have a have a stab in the dark with him? Before yesterday, Sam, I was really surprised to find out that there weren't other clubs that were looking at him, mm. even after the, the, the January block that he put through because a lot of clubs still keep an eye on these SSP mm. Players, and, uh, Brody McLaughlin at the Gold Coast, there are a number of clubs looking at him if Gold Coast released him. But no, I don't think, I'd be shocked if something happened and he landed today. But he, he, he looms as a mid-season pick. So I think where he picks his next club will be really interesting. If he sticks with Richmond, they, they might take him mid-season and reward the effort. They've done it before. We've seen them have some success with the mid-season and the SSP. So I'll be interested to see where he goes. I think he, he might return to WA, but he was really keen to stay in Melbourne. That's why the Richmond opportunity appealed to him. I was to stay in Victoria. So yep. we'll wait and see, but there'll be a number of clubs on the phone to him today. Kai Turner was part of the Sandringham Dragons program back in the day. He played a couple of uh, VFL games uh, in recent times for Frankston. Obviously was a VAFA star in the season just gone and he's just won the spot on Melbourne's list, which is great news for him. This is another great story, Sam. And this is why the SSP is so good. I mean, last year, this time last year, he was appearing to play B-grade amateurs for Old Halebury. He'd never really played as a key defender before. Daniel Ward, an, an old Melbourne player, had moved him there. And by mid-season, Tim Lamb, Jason Taylor, they started to have a bit of a look at him. It's it's quite incredible to think that it wasn't it, where he was this time last year. So, uh, again, this is a, a, a bit similar to, to the Richmond situation. They probably don't need Kai Turner. They've got five other key defenders ahead of him with May and Lever and Tomlinson, Petty, Daniel Turner... But his pre-season has been really, really strong. So they've gone with him, him instead of Trent Burgoyne. It's, it's a great story, and that's why the SSP is so good. Tell us about Anthony Caminiti. Now, I know it happened a couple of days ago, but you were there. You saw the performance he put in, and I think only his second session in that match practice, and David King was there as well. Now, from everything we've heard since then, the contract was literally waiting for him as he came off the track. But... He didn't even know what he was signing. I think they, they played a bit of a joke on him and made it sound like it was some sort of a waiver. And then, lo and behold, he's walked into another room to say, uh, to be told, welcome to the Saints. You're spot on. I love the way they've done that. I mean, he signed the contract without really knowing. He, he thought it was a waiver. They just didn't want to spoil his manager. just didn't want to spoil the moment for him. But this is another one. I mean, his second session, it, it's quite remarkable. And I was sitting there with David King, and we spoke on Saturday about we've seen a lot of matched him across the last month. I don't think we've seen a draft day have such a big impact. Mm. I mean, it, he was trialling for a spot, but it was incredible to see a, a guy that had been there for one other session play the way he did. So you, you couldn't completely rule him out of playing. I, I, don't, I, I don't think you put a ceiling on him right now just in terms of round one because they don't have key forwards. They've lost Max King. They've lost Jack Hayes. Matt mm. Allison isn't there. If we think back last year, 
Jack Hayes came in and played round one after being recruited by the same rules. So couldn't completely rule him out. I mean, he's a fair way off in terms of his conditioning. I was at the club on, on Friday and I saw some of the senior players later on and they told me that he'd actually had a full body cramp after coming off the track and they'd had a good laugh about that. But he had the last laugh by the end of the day when he signed that contract. But another great story out of the SSP. Just as we let you go, what else is happening around the place? I think Geelong have got a, a vacancy, a, a spot available, but they haven't had anyone train on. Obviously, Cal Brown's trying to impress and is probably still in play at Hawthorne. And then we've got Carlton who might make another addition as well, Josh. Just as we let you go, what's everything else looking like? Well, Carlton have been looking at Alex Sincotta. They had that extra spot with Sam Phil being moved to the inactive mm. list. Uh, the one is, is Cal Brown. I mean, I think it's less likely than likely at this stage. They've been really open with him. He's trained across the preseason. He just became officially part of their program last week and it allowed him to do weights and sit in on meetings for the final week. And he's going to play in that intra-club tonight. So it's interesting that it's on deadline day. If he has a really big game, who knows? <laughs> I, I think the beauty with, with Box Hill and their alignment with Hawthorne is he'll spend a lot of time around the program anyway and they will look at him mid-season if they don't sign him tonight, but he's been really impressive. I've seen him play in, in some matches him, so hopefully, like his brother, he gets another opportunity before the window closes. Jack Cleaver's the other one at Essendon to keep an eye on, so there, there are a couple more, but they're all sort of mm. being settled now. It's obviously come forward about a month compared to what it was last year. Josh, you've been super generous with your time, mate. We really appreciate it. And a lot of people with a, with a lot of interest at this time of the year in uh, the additions that their clubs are making across the competition. So thanks very much for finding the time for us, mate. We'll, we'll let you go. Have a good day. No drama, Sam. You too. There's Josh Gablich there from afl.com.au. He's done a fine job, uh, does a fine job right throughout the season, but particularly over the summer months as well.